Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. You know, if you're talking to someone and they're trying to describe somebody to you, maybe a neighbor, a coworker, family member, and, and they, they're like, hey, uh, tell me what, you know, Billy's like. And you say, well, he's different. Well, that, the connotation there is not always going to be the best, right? Uh, you know, whenever somebody's like, well, he's different, we're all like, oh, wow, tell, please tell me more and may it be funny. Um, but at the same time, we are called, uh, and this is a different connotation of different, we're called to be different as we follow Jesus. I, I think one of the telltale signs of our life in Jesus is whatever the, the period of time I get saved, whatever day that is or, or time when I begin to walk in that full relationship with Jesus and, and he becomes my Lord and Savior, uh, and then I go over time, uh, a year, five years, a decade, and I look back, if I'm exactly the same as I was in that day, there's something wrong in my discipleship. If I am exactly the same as I was prior to Jesus, there's definitely something wrong in my salvation experience. So we're called to be different and to grow into more mature, different beings in a world that, that gets crazier or gets more lost or maybe gets wound up on this or that. We're called to be these, these lights, these lighthouses that that shine brightly in the midst of a storm, yes. uh, a light that shines brightly in darkness and, 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 and darkness cannot overcome it. We're, we're called to be life where there is death. There's all sorts of, of, of ways that we're called to live different. And here's the big idea for today as we look at this. It's, it's that we're set apart because of salvation to live differently now. That's just the, the reality of it. Uh, I'm going to read a, a long passage in, in Colossians 3 to you. Uh, a, when, when Paul's writing about how to live differently now, um, your Bibles will say things like uh, putting on the new life or living the new life or a new life in Christ. And that'll give that title if, if your Bible gives a title to it. Um, but, but he's really talking to us about living differently now because we have been saved by Jesus and so we've got to stand out, and we're going to stand out because the world is not going to follow Jesus. Individuals can make a decision to be saved. The world will not be saved as a whole. Satan is the, the, the prince of the power of darkness of the air, and, and he has a certain control over the world right now. And, and there'll be a time when God gives us a new heaven and a new earth, but he's, he's working to save people. That's his desire to seek and save the lost. The world will not be saved as a whole, and so we can't be a part of it. And Paul writes this, Colossians 3, chapter, uh, verse 1, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And I know that's tough, thinking about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, because the things of earth, well, it's hard. There's a war in the Ukraine. There's gas going crazy. They can't find baby formula. Uh, you know, there's, there's people, you know, fighting to, to murder babies and have this so-called right uh, over that. The, the world is, is lost, the people are lost in it that don't follow Jesus, and that's who he's trying to save. But I get that it's hard not to think of the things of earth 
and keep my mind focused on heaven, which is why we have community life here. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. Talking about being different. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for, you've been stripped, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put, your, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know the creator and become like him. We're always talking about becoming like Jesus. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Aggie or Longhorn, conservative <laughs> or progressive. It doesn't matter if you're born a Texan, praise God for us, or you get to become one, right? It just that, that stuff doesn't matter, even though we matter. What matters is where we find our life. Christ is all that matters. Period, exclamation point. We could all go home, except we got to learn to apply this in our lives. And he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, that's a tall order, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, so I give you the Holy Spirit. He'll work it out. Make allowance for each other's faults. What about him, though? What about that family, Lord? No, no exclusions there. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be Thankful that the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative and ambassador of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You see, it's not just that we believe the right things. We have to live different now. Because we are set apart to live differently. Jesus, he, he brought us back from, from, from sin and death. And, and so we have to be different now. We were a part of sin and death and, and of, a, of a kingdom of darkness. And he saved us. So we have to look and sound and act different now. The gift of salvation that Jesus gives us and, and he offers it to you and you accept it. If you're in here and you haven't accepted that yet, know this, or if you're watching or listening, know this, Jesus extends to you the gift of salvation at any moment. It's yours at any moment. A gift is never earned, it's taken. It's received. That offer is to you. You just say yes, and then, and then you believe it in your heart and you speak it out with your mouth, you call on the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. That's what Romans 10 tells us. 
tell somebody, let them pray with you, let us get you a Bible, let's do community together, but, but it's on you to make a decision to follow Jesus. So this gift of salvation that we accept means that, that we have to put into, into practice the character of Jesus in our own lives. And we're not going to be perfect at it right away. We're, we're seen as perfect by God and we're being perfected along the, re- the way. And, and so when Paul says, get rid of all these bad things, strip off all this stuff, he's, he's saying that old way of life and those thinking patterns and, and those old actions have to be violently trashed from our lives. That's what he's saying. Because get rid of, strip off isn't like, well, I'll just keep it around for, you know, maybe for old time's sake. No, that means you, you put it in the garbage bin. You roll it out to the curb and, and you make sure that the guys pick it up and take it away and, and dump it, burn it, get rid of it. Our new life should look and feel and sound just like Jesus. Compassion, gentleness, humility, putting up with each other. And that can be hard at times. Just remember, when it's hard for you to put up with someone, probably someone's having a hard time putting up with you. Okay, but we're doing this together. We're not perfect. Forgiving each other. Love without condition. Love without a single condition. Yeah, but God didn't yeah but me one time as he pursued me. And I shook my fist at him and I mocked him. And I said, I don't really need you. Like, I believe you're God and all, but I could care less because I want to be God in my own life and you can be God for all the other people. I got this. And he loved me there in that moment, forgave me in that. He was gentle and, and kind to me in that. These are the ways of Jesus. So they have to become our ways too. So we've been asking this question in this series, what's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? When you listen to that, when you read that passage, when you think about being different, when you think about acting different towards people or, or, or speaking different in, in how you live your life, what's God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? You know, we've been working for a number of months, I think since September, Michael, correct me. It feels like since September on, on just, Lord, what do you have for us at Hill Country Fellowship as you look as we look forward in what you're doing in this community and the world around us and our state, but especially in this community, living outward bound, uh, welcoming all these people that are coming in and, and wanting them to know Jesus and be in a life-giving church and, and, and grow in their faith or, or, or find faith, uh, what do you want from us? Who do you want us to be? How do you want us to look? And so we've been praying through a lot of stuff, and a lot of y'all took part in, in the uh, filling out all the, 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 or the few questions we had on a Sunday and then came to a, a, a morning uh, vision and values workshop that we had here. And with all that and praying it through and, and, and really Michael, and, I, and I'm so thankful for, for Pastor Michael just working all of this through. He took all of your thoughts and he combined them into like, like something that we could all, uh, you know, kind of take in and, and, and feast on because uh, you all have a lot of different thoughts. You're uniquely... Uh, created and so and some of your thoughts are even more out there than others and uh, he took them all and he's like here this is I think what the main thing God's saying from our people moving forward in this community and so 
we want to present to you in, in early uh, kind of a soft opening the, the core values of HCF moving forward. And in the, in the fall, we're going to talk about them more. We're going to have a whole series based on each one at a time. Um, but our mission is to, is to lead people to discover their purpose and the joy of Jesus. And in that, we have core values that we want to keep ever before us. First one is the most important one. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We love to tell his story so everything we do will flow from it being all about Jesus, whether it's the deepest dive in the book of, you know, Revelation or, or, uh, or Isaiah, or it's, it's snow cones with kids and getting messy and laughing a lot on water day at Camp HCF. We're Bible believing. We are sticking true to the word of God. So we have unity in the essentials, Jesus, one Lord, one Savior, you know, one God, one faith, but we have grace in everything. Yep. Does it mean that we say, hey, it's okay to do that, that, that? No, but we have grace in everything. We're going to love people where they are, and, and yet we're not going to change what the Word of God says. Yeah. We're spirit-led. We're empowered by a living relationship with God, spirit-filled at salvation, being led in this life as individuals and then as a church and on mission for Jesus. Amen. Hebrews uh, chapter 11, uh, uh, it's a very famous chapter. We call it the Hall of Faith chapter. Um, it's where God calls us to, to live different like these heroes that are noted here. And in verses one through three, you know, we, we see that the faith begins as this hope and it's unseen. And because it's unseen and you're putting your faith uh, and in Jesus, who's in heaven, and the Spirit of the living God moves into you, and no one can see that, people are going to be like, you're crazy. You're weird. They're going to they're question you or doubt you or just be like, why would you follow something you can't see? So that's faith and hope in what we are assured of, but we cannot see. So to live by faith, Hebrews 11 is telling us, is to always live different. That's you and I. As we live out the type of faith that's written in this chapter, our, our, our lives become the, the living proof that the faith and hope that we cannot see but we are assured of is real. People begin to see you live out the truth of the gospel by living different for Jesus even though they can't see Jesus. And that's, that's cool and that's heavy, Right? The way we live our lives following Jesus is the proof that Jesus is real, but we can't show them a picture of Jesus at our house. So it's on us to live it out, which means forgive when they could care less, forgive when they're offensive, love them in spite of themselves, grace in, in everything, love unconditional, all those things that go against the flow of the world, we live out and that proves the faith and the hope that we have. And that's what Hebrews 11 is talking about. And it goes all the way down. I love it in verse 40, the last, the last verse in chapter 11. God says that he has so much better in mind for us. So it's worth it to live different. Because the creator God who controls everything and will determine when the curtain drops on this era of time. He says, I've got so much better in store for you, but you've got to live different by faith in me. The next core value that we have is that it's about the one. 
It's about the one person. We, I love that passage, that, that story. He'll leave the 99 to go search for the one. You're uniquely created with, with God-given value. And everyone on the planet is. Jesus took the time for each one, and, and that's what we're going to do. He took the time for each one, and he showed us the way to do it. And then he says, I got to go so the spirit of the living God can be in every believer because I can't be all over the planet all the time at one time, but my people can. So you now take up the cause. They're worth it. Go after the ones, even if you have to step away from the 99 for a time. We're joyful because Jesus saves us. We choose to celebrate daily. I had a friend in, in, uh, in Alaska. He was a Ukrainian guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, uh, Anatoly Music Chick. Uh, he was the most gruff human being I'd ever met and known, like, normally. He, was, uh, he, uh, he had a little auto shop right by our church, and he would work on my, my cars. Uh, and, and so I go down there, and, and he'd come to the church. I think Nate and Lacey had his sons who were great. They, were, they didn't seem like they came from his loins, you know, kind of thing, because they were, like, happy and everything. Anatoly was always gruff, and, and he'd come to church, and he'd be like, oh, you laugh too much. Uh, I grow up, you suck on rocks and you just go to church and you do, you do pain in Jesus. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, he's laughing, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, oh, Anatoly, I don't get it. And he's like, oh. I'm like, Jesus was happy. He's like, he was happy it was over. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think you're right. Uh, but he worked in my cars for free and his wife made killer coffee. So I put up with him. And he kept coming back. And I'm like, if you're so angry at us for laughing, why do you come back? And his wife's like, he likes to laugh. He just don't want to tell you, you know. And, and I'm like, okay, I won't mess with it because the coffee and the free car work. And, uh, and, but over time, he, he'd get a little more joyful, a little more joyful. I couldn't convince him that joy mattered. But him getting in there, he kept getting infected by joy. And people were just too happy to let him be gruff. He's still, you know, Eastern European. But he was smiling a lot more at the end when I left there. Uh, he gave me a lot of halibut, so I was always happy. Uh, I made him hug me, uh, and he hated it first to stand there. He's like, you hug, I'll wait till you're done. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, but we're going to be joyful, and if you have a problem with joy, you got to take it up with Jesus, because he's the most joyful being of all time. I don't say that crass. I'm just saying Jesus is full of joy, and so we're going to be joyful. Yes. We're going to laugh a lot. And you know what? Heaven and hell are serious business too. But it doesn't mean that joy has to ever go away. It might not always be fun. We might not always feel happy. But joy is a character of Christ, so it cannot go away no matter what the circumstances are. Amen. I don't like the gas prices. But I have joy that I follow Jesus and I can go, you know what? You're bigger than gas prices, Jesus. Yep. Amen. So that was a big one for us because we love to celebrate. We wanted fun. We wanted joy. And we're like, Jesus, what's, what's, the, what's the core value? And we can't come back to the word joyful. It's like, it seems so simple, but then it's not. It stands out in this world when you live joyful, especially when circumstances dictate otherwise. Family. We are better together than alone, and we're better in small, caring communities. And so family's huge. I mean, church is called a family. 
We're the family of God. We're adopted as sons and daughters. We're brought together, once orphans and, and, and all there on our own, and, and now we're brought together. And so we do life as a family. It's why we really encourage people to get in real life groups, get in a life study, do Wednesday Night Live, except for the summer. We're done. Uh, but we'll be back. Uh, you know, we, we have our kids up here, and it can be a little chaotic sometimes. Some of them run. They're runners. Uh, I don't think they're dancing, but they're trying to escape, but we catch them uh, happily, and then I saw Paige happily holding one and trying not to drop her on her head, <laughs> but we want to teach our kids that this is life, because yes. if we shun them and keep them away, how are they going to learn anything? Yep. We want to do life together, because we're a family, and so we're better together in small caring communities. This is our, this is our reunion celebration every week. We get together in smaller chunks to do real life together and know what's going on and ask questions and, and, and have prayer time and have meals together. I learned uh, a great lesson in, in Cape Town, South Africa years ago. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to that area down the Cape of Good Hope off of Cape Town. There's a place that's famous for like the number one amount of great white sharks uh, that are down there, and so they were like, let's go on a boat tour. I'm like, sure, I'd love to see great white sharks, and so there are about 20 of us get on this boat, and we're going down there, and they're like, okay, we're going to put the cage in. Who's getting in? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? And they're like, no, you're in a cage, and I'm like, that's a shark, and it's one of the few times I've said, like, no, I'll jump out of stuff, but I just, I can't beat a shark, and so, uh, you know, if I'm falling out of the airplane, and the, the chute doesn't work, I'm like, oh, well, It'd be a fun impact, you know, but uh, I don't want to get eaten uh, by a shark slowly. And uh, so people got in and I didn't, and, and, but they were, there were probably 30 of them around. I mean, it was just, it was frightening. And the guy goes, if the boat tumps over and you're all out there and sharks come around, he goes, stay together. And I'm like, we're, we die to get, we're buffet? What? I, and he said, great whites love to pick off the solo artists. He goes, you're safer together. And he goes, if you're the fastest swimmer and you think I'm going to swim away, just know that they love playing with their food because <laughs> they're faster. And now, fortunately, we didn't tump over, and, but, but I saw some shows over time. I got involved in the Shark Week after that uh, years later when it, when it became popular. And, and I remember, I think they were in South Africa and they did that, that story and they had like some fake seals and they threw one out by itself and those sharks tore it to pieces with all the, the fake seals that were together, they left them alone. There's power in community. Be together and don't get eaten alive by the sharks of this world. I don't say that to scare you. It's just the reality that community is powerful. Community is effective in our lives. And our God is community, right? We see at the very beginning of the book, he's talking to himself, three in one, Father, Son, Spirit. He's community, and so if our God is community and then he saves us, we're community beings as well. We're connected, we're dependent like we talked about last week. We're intended for fellowship. We're called to be in deep relationship with one another. And what makes our community different than others on the planet that, that maybe gather but don't gather focusing on the one it's all about is the thing that makes us different here in every faithful Christian, Bible-believing, Jesus-following church is that Jesus is the center. The church that is all about Jesus isn't just a group of people obeying a, a great list of concepts and, and focusing on being disciplined in life. That's religion. It's not 
It's not as evil as maybe people that gather for the really debaucherous things, but, but it's no different really when you just try to follow religion than, than lost people all over the planet do when they follow a sports team or uh, a, a band or, or, or a person or something that, that's not Jesus. We gather around a story of a person named Jesus. He is grace. He is mercy. We can't live in a way that adheres to a religious code because we'll miss Jesus that way. So what makes us different in our community is Jesus, is our focus. That's why number one is it's all about Jesus. He brings us together. He keeps us together. He, he, he calls us his special chosen ones. He, he invites us into a new and eternal life. He, he makes us completely new like we read about in Colossians and then and then he asks us to be his ambassadors for his message, for the kingdom of heaven itself. Jesus makes us different. And he's enough. He will walk us through all the stuff of life that comes and still work on us and give us opportunities to, to share the gospel with people. So we always have to make Jesus a big deal, which is what we do here. We say the name Jesus a lot. Because he's got to be the only one that's a really, really big deal. And if we'll remember to make him the most important of all, all about Jesus, we'll live exactly like he has designed it to be and he desires it to be. That's what makes us unique, what makes us stand out, what makes us shine brightly and be different. Paul talks about shining brightly in, in Philippians chapter 2. If I could find it, there we go. Sorry, it'll be on screen for you too, but in Philippians chapter 2, first verses 12 through 16, he says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. We don't work for our salvation. We work hard to show that we're saved in Jesus and we're different now. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. You see, that whole living different as a joyful family that focuses on Jesus and each one out there is what molds us into being spirit-led believers who then make our final core value a lifestyle as we live on mission. We're always going to be living on mission here at HCF. We sacrificially and generously love, serve, and give both locally in our area and globally around the world. That's living on mission. Paul goes on to say this. He says, but I will rejoice, in verse 17, even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God, living on mission, sacrificially and generously, loving, serving, and giving, locally and globally. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice 
and I will share your joy. Paul emphatically says that we work hard and shine brightly in a world full of messy, crusty, broken, and lost people. Why? Like, why does it matter to shine like bright lights in a world that is so messed up and could care less? Because we know, just like we once were, people are lost, people are deceived, people are prideful, people are broken, people are headed the wrong way and they don't even know they're going the wrong way. Ever gone the wrong way and you had no idea for a while and you're like, doggone it, why didn't somebody tell me? Let's be the ones to tell them with love and grace. Some versions of that passage, Paul writes, you stand in the place of life to this world or you're holding out to them the word of life. You're their shot at knowing Jesus. It's not on you, but it's on you. It's not on me, but it is. I, I signed up. I got saved. I said I live different now. Our loving creator's desire is to find, save, and restore lost people, Luke 19.10. So we shine bright in our actions, in our thoughts, our attitudes, our responses, so people in darkness can see the light and life of Jesus. So what's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to go into a song of worship. And my encouragement to you is have a conversation with God right now. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do that I'm not doing? What do you want me to do different? What do you want me to do more of? Faith is more than belief. It's, it's trust. It's it's assurance, it's firm conviction. We're born again to a living hope in Jesus and there are those that are lost out there. So we're called to do this life together. I felt like the Lord gave me a, a, a really a, a, an anthem for us looking at our core values. I just wanna read it as you go into worship. The altars are open for you. Maybe you need to come up here and have a conversation with God. I encourage you to have the conversation wherever you sing this last song. Maybe you need to get prayer afterwards. But we are living as Jesus' people, following the written word, being filled and led by the Holy Spirit, looking for ways to minister to each one right where he or she is, absolutely filled with joy in the midst of everything. And that might make you look a little out there to people. We do this life together because we are better together and that's the design of it all. So get into a church family. If it's not this church family, get into one. We do have membership after. You can join us. But be a part of a church family that you commit to. Don't be a lone ranger or an island unto yourself. And we live on mission all the time. Ministers of the gospel who showcase Jesus. Our mission is to lead people to discover their purpose and the joy of Jesus. What's he calling you into? God, we worship you now. I ask that you speak to us and minister to us, that, that you, you move in our hearts, maybe as individuals, as sons and daughters, or maybe as a, as a married couple or a family. Would you speak to us and show us? Would you guide us and lead us? And would you 
even encourage us to make known what you're speaking to us so that we can be lovingly and graciously held accountable. We worship you now because you're worthy. And Jesus, it's so good to know that it's all about you and not about anything else. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.